Thumbs up, let's do this. It's finally time. Welcome to season two, Start From Zero. Starting from zero. What does it actually take to start from zero and what does it not? What's a waste of time? What works? What doesn't? So many people are lost and confused and even disoriented about what it takes to get started online. And the truth is, it's very simple. Also, success rests in the dirty details. There's so many tiny things people get hung up on when they're starting something online. These tiny details are addressed in this podcast where you watch me mentor people over their shoulder directly based on their personal situation. So listen closely, listen to the whole episode, take in all the patterns, listen for the slow parts, listen for the fast parts, take in everything so you actually see what's required because there's things right now that you're currently missing, things that rest within the little parts of these episodes. Enjoy. So today I'm talking to Annie. Annie, where in the world are you? I am in Fort Worth, Texas. And what's your big goal for this call? To get some actionable steps to help me get out of my current working situation. Yeah. How do you feel about your job? I feel really apathetic. Like every day I'm like super anxious on my way in. And then while I'm there, I'm feeling apathetic. And neither of those are characteristics I've ever really had. And it's really kind of bringing me down. So I'm ready to make some big changes. Mm. You are feeling apathetic. That's an interesting word. I don't hear that often. What does that feel like for you? Oh, soul sucking. Because I want to do well and be helpful and be part of a team or whatever it is, but I don't feel like I'm valued. And so I kind of lose my drive to have my normal approach, I guess. How is that for you to share? It's fine. It's my reality at the moment. You don't feel valued at your work. What sort of situations create that feeling? There's a new dynamic at work. There's a new chef. It's a catering business? Yeah. Okay. And he and I have, I don't know, pretty different approaches when it comes to food. And I don't know, I have a master's degree in it. Not making food, but in food studies. And I'm feeling like they don't take any of my knowledge into consideration. And so I just want to remove myself from that place. Thank you for sharing this. I think it's important to be seen. How would it feel just for you to have clear articulation around it? I do not feel respected for my competence or listened to for my knowledge at work. I see that impacting you pretty heavy. It might be really healing to say and get real clear. So it's a very clear dynamic. Do you want to try and put words to it that land? Yeah, I'm, those that you just used, pretty accurate. Just for your own catharsis, why don't you try and say it out loud so your own ears hear it, so you can finally put words to what's been going on with clear language. So I don't feel heard or respected at work, and it makes me want to hide. How are you feeling safe-wise sharing all this right now? Yeah, I feel safe. Try I don't feel respected at work. I don't feel respected at work. Just let that land. Try and say it again. I don't feel respected at work. I don't feel respected for work. Good job. You stay with us. The tears will come. The tears will pass. And then it'll just be like, yeah, I don't feel respected at work. And you'll just be neutral. You're like, but right now the emotion's there. And so we want to honor that. Let it be felt full. Let the trauma of not feeling respected at work. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Annie. It's so real because I just came from there. (laughs) Good. I just came from work and I don't feel respected there. 
And because I don't feel respected, I don't feel like sharing or helping. And that's where the apathy comes in. These feelings, I see them as a gift, the feelings you're feeling. They're very temporary, but they are very real right now. And if they feel permanent, then they feel permanent. But that's just right now. And I want you just to let yourself just dive in. Give yourself the experience. I mean, how long have you been working there? About a year and a half. Okay. So have you been allowing yourself to go into a place of work where you don't feel respected for a year and a half? Definitely six months. Definitely six months. Yeah, just let yourself connect with that. Yeah, good. Many people go into places of work where they don't feel respected. Danny, you're not alone. Many people do not feel respected at work. You're crying for you. You're crying for me. You're crying for many people right now. Let the tears come. Let them see the light of day. There was a gentleman on one of these calls. He wanted to be an entrepreneur because he watched his parents get attacked and demeaned in the middle of the streets in Africa by their employers. Is there anything you want to share? Ugh, just, I mean, hearing that and thinking about my situation, it's like, I want to be a boss that does not treat people that way. I want to be a boss that does not treat people that way. And maybe boss is not even the right word. I just want to be a leader. I want to be in a position of authority so I can use it for good. Yeah. That hits hard for me. Yeah, I hate what authority figures told me personally. So try that. I want to be in a place of authority to use it for good. And also say I want to make sure everyone feels respected. I want to be in a place of authority where people are respected. And what was the other part you said? <laughs> like distracted by it. It's a new thought. I think saying I want to be in a place of authority is kind of a new place, even though I am a manager. But it feels different. I want to be in the highest place of authority so that I can ensure everyone is kind, listened to, and respected. Yeah, I feel like I want to help look after people in a role like that. What has you want to look after people? Oh, I just not want anyone to feel like I do. And how do you feel? Unimportant. Just let that wash over you. It's very simple, unimportant. I know that I am important, but I feel unimportant in that workspace. Don't wish that on anyone. So let yourself swim in it because it's there until it's not. I feel unimportant. And I want you to picture that chef. Feel how small you feel. Feel the desire to hide, as you said. Picture them. And those listening, you probably got bosses you don't like, or if you're in situations, you, don't, you can easily join us. But in your case, Annie, you just picture the person and say, I feel unimportant here. Yeah, I feel unimportant here. It's not just the chef. There's the general manager that, I guess I feel like the two of them have kind of boxed me out since they hired him. And I'm the one talking to all the clients, trying to sell the food. And I feel so uninclined to try to sell his food. It's <laughs> like, sorry, if you can't say hello to me when you walk in in the morning and I say hello to you, then why should I try to sell your food? Sorry. I just don't feel any respect. And I feel like with the other manager, she's seeing it happen, but not doing anything about it. And uh, yeah, that makes me feel apathetic. Like, okay, good luck. You can find someone to replace me. And we want to get you to a place of that where it's not necessarily with anger, but you leave with kindness. Yeah. So there's not any subtle bridges that are kind of left. Like you want to leave every place better than you found it. Right. I do. Yeah. So you leave with kindness for yourself. So that just becomes, I've decided, and I've been thinking about this for six months, that it's time for me to move on. 
And I'm happy to help you find a replacement. And train them. And train them. But I know my time here is complete. Yeah. And then when they say, why or how do you know, what would you say? I don't feel respected. And? What if they listened to that and started respecting you? Would you want to stay? Uh-uh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not true. That's not why you're leaving. Okay. Well, I can't see myself in my boss's position. I can't see myself in the owner's position. So there's no growth for me right now. Clear. Done. Okay. And when you know, you know. You give them any sort of string or reason. No, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So walk me through how you'd say that. Yeah. I would probably start it by thanking them, being gracious for the job and the opportunity that I have had with them. But that my time is up because I would like to grow and hopefully in another industry, not food and beverage. And yeah, that I'm more than happy to help them up until March 1st. I'm going to give them a date. Can't drag me along any further (laughs) to find someone and train them so I can be on my way. So now here's where we're going to get really honest. We want to look at and see if you can touch and feel the area where you don't respect yourself. Oh, yeah. And this is why we can't be too angry at them because they're mirrors. They're just showing you. You're doing very good. Just all we need to do is you just befriend that feeling. You feel that. Just let it be here. Something shift that quick? Something shifted there. I know that I put in more. Okay, so in October specifically, my boss told me she wanted to hit me multiple times because she was frustrated with me. And I was just trying to get my job done and get out of the way so I could go on about my life. She told me this in my year review with my boss, the owner, like she's my friend or she was my friend. And instead of telling me, look, I was really frustrated with you last week. She told me in front of the owner in my yearly review that she wanted to hit me and don't ever want to be in a place where people even feel comfortable using those words. Because that's not any of my personality to even say hurtful things like that, let alone like have any motivation behind it. I mean, I understand that I probably was not approachable that week. I had a gig that meant I had band practice. I was selling my jewelry on the weekend. So I had personal life things happening and I still showed up more than my 40 hours a week to do my job. And I got frustrated with the chef because he would just leave whenever he wanted. And then the rest of us would have to carry his weight. And it just felt like an extra burden. So I know that I was not particularly pleasant to be around, but that's because I want to make sure I'm doing my job the best that I can. And I don't let my coworkers down. I don't let my people down. And I show up for my band. I show up for myself selling my jewelry. And I don't know. She said she wanted to hit me. And I've closed off since then. Yeah, I'm really sorry to hear that. That's completely unacceptable. And I, I think I said something about you can't be too angry at them because they're reflecting to you. But when it gets to that level of abuse, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry if I... No, and I mean, I think you're right. I don't want to leave angry. They have provided me a lot of opportunity and growth, and I am grateful for them. But I mean, at that point, it made me realize that I don't want to be there anymore. Yeah. So here's what I want you to hear. She said she wanted to hit you. Immediately what I want to say, and I don't know if this is the right thing to say, but I'm not perfect, right? I'm just, this is what I want to say is you are not a victim. Mm -hmm. You are not, and you don't need to be, and you don't need to be scared that she said she wanted to hit you because if she comes at you and tries to hit you, 
You could stiff arm her nose with your hand. <laughs> I'm also like eight inches taller than her. <laughs> so I'm not afraid of her. <laughs> Good. And she's, you know, the boss, I told him right after that. And he was like, he made us sit down and have a talk the next morning. And she was like, it was a metaphor. I didn't, you know, I don't actually mean to hurt you. Like, That's not a metaphor. Do you know what a metaphor is? She was condescending. The owner was like, oh, she says that sort of thing about the chefs or like the old chefs and all the time. So he didn't think anything of it. So what I want you to do, so I want you to go back to that scene. And I want you to picture you have self-respect now. Mm -hmm. I want you to picture self-respect. And I want you to look at them and I want you to say, thank you. I am done here. I feel like that's about all I really want to give them. So go to the scene where they're like, she does this and she does this. And I was a metaphor this and I was a metaphor that. That is absolutely unacceptable to someone who completely respects themselves. Once they learn self-respect, they won't even try to buy into what they say. You won't even try to explain. You won't, but this is this and this is this and this is this. You'll see, you'll see that they are just not capable at that time and may never be capable of actually accommodating or listening. They're not flexible. They're arrogant. They're shut off, they're insensitive, and it's not a place for a heart like yours to grow. Mm -mm. And none of those things would be very useful to say to them. Can you feel some self-respect for yourself in this moment? Yeah, I do. I can tell you that I even feel respect for sticking around through the holidays because I'm the person that talked to all the clients. Like I respect the relationship I have with the clients and with my coworkers. Good, good. What I want to focus on with you, unless you really feel you need to share that. I feel like that was self-respect. By respecting others that yeah. weren't hurting me. <laughs> in my opinion, it's a muddy area. It's their business. It's their customers mm-hmm. that you're kind of like maybe codependently bonding yourself to and taking responsibility for whatever is going on. But like, we want to get you in the realm of radical self-respect, like radical self-responsibility. Like you're not a victim. You're not. And if someone tries to hurt you, you can either hurt them back. You could defend yourself, however you respond. Like you don't hurt them back on purpose, but if they come at you and you have to use some kind of force, maybe you learn jujitsu so you know how to like take them out without hurting them too bad. Yeah. You know? Where do you feel self-respect for yourself in your nervous system right now? Yeah, it's in my chest. Chest. All right. So now I want you to feel that. Got it? Mm-hmm. And I want you to let that say, when they say, she says this all the time and she says this all the time. And that vibration in your chest probably says, this place is not for me. Yeah. So look them both in the eye and say that out loud. This place is not for me. Yeah, this place is not for me. Thank you. And goodbye. Go ahead. Yeah, Tanya, this place is not for me. I'm grateful for my time here, but I'm moving on. If you say I'm grateful for my time here, followed by a but, is there a more honest phrase you might want to say there? Like, you don't have to be perfect. You can, like, what's the vibration here want to say in the chest? I still keep feeling that I'm grateful, but I'm moving on. Cool. Okay. So what we want to just look at then is where you weren't respecting yourself. And if we're honest about that, and which we were, and you're able to feel that you weren't respecting yourself, you'll see how you created and then stayed in this situation. It was created by you and you stayed. And this is the level of responsibility that could get you punched in the face, depending on who you're talking to. (laughs) And it's something to be pretty gentle about. So as soon as you're like, oh, crap, I chose to stay. I chose to work there. I did create this. I did choose to do jewelry and band and all this. And so my performance suffered, but I still showed up. And so I did create anger in someone. There's no way she should ever threaten physical abuse. But like you can actually see 
Whoa. If you'd like to hang out with people reading the Start From Zero book, listening to the Start From Zero podcast, listening to the book on tape, and build businesses with them and do it with people together, visit startfromzero.com forward slash starters. And then when you actually see that and connect with it, like I think you are right now, it's very likely to never happen again. Or if as soon as it does, you're like, oh, I remember this. Gone. Yeah. Okay, so now that we've kind of got you energetically articulated and congruent, how does your heart feel in this moment compared to when we started? Oh, a little more confident and stronger. Wow, that's nice. Yeah. Just a little more confident and stronger. It's only been 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, what we did, we, you know, we just honored feelings and we got clear on dynamics. We put words to the dynamics. I don't feel respected at work. Yeah. I don't feel safe. I feel like I stayed too long and that was my choice. That's a very, very empowering thing to see. And we begin to channel that into entrepreneurship. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. So what are some of the easiest, fastest ways you could make money right away? You do jewelry. What else? Yeah. I have some people that are interested in Facebook ads. That's dope. It's a good business. Yeah. And I feel really called to it. I was going to say that before the call even started. I was like, yeah, you should probably do digital Facebook <laughs> advertising. Yeah. I feel really called to it. What's that feel like? How do you feel called to it? It feels like freedom in a way, like being able to work from a computer from anywhere is something that I've always wanted and I can see that in it. And I also can see that I'm competent and creative and I can probably execute. Yeah. That's amazing. So let's explore some niche markets for you to go on Facebook and let's just revisit the fundamental like spine of a business to work from. So it's, you know, a customer uses a mechanism to get a result. And you could also evolve it to say a customer wants a result, so we use a mechanism. Yeah. So are there any particular customer markets you're drawn to? Yeah. Real estate, like wholesale real estate, housing flipping situations. I have a few people in my network that are interested in doing it, though I'm a little cautious because I wonder, should I be approaching people that are already doing it versus people that are trying to enter the market. You have an opinion on that? Yeah. You want to approach people that are already doing it versus newbies? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. A very good prerequisite. I'm really excited to tell you this is you want to work with people that would be successful without you. Yeah. That's it. Okay, cool. And within that, there's people that have things that are working and there's people that have things that don't. Most people in the business space where they teach people business try to help people in the starting phase and then they end up burning out and then they start working with businesses that are making 10 grand a month or more because if you find a business is making 10 grand a month or more they're past that really messy phase figuring out something that works as soon as something works there are some people that i know that if they found a ten thousand dollar business in 60 days they could probably make it a hundred thousand a month that's cool you know because they add a back end they expand the lead sources they add multiple products, whatever they do. It's a pretty standard system. The most difficult things to figure out are first getting attention, but then also getting something working. Fortunately, I think I've been able to figure that phase out. So I do like helping, do like working with people that are starting, right? Check this out though. So I've got the book coming out, mm-hmm. right? And so it's called Start From Zero, Build a Lucrative Business. And It's wonderful for folks like yourself that are like, I don't feel respected at my job and I want to quit. But on some level, your identity and identified still with being an employee. 
So there's an identification switch to entrepreneur that can take years, could take weeks, could take however long it takes. So if I give that book to a complete beginner, I'd say if they're absolutely green and they've never done entrepreneurship before, I'd say in two years, they'd have the structures. These are people that entrepreneurship's not working for. That same book, Start From Zero, I could give to a business owner that doesn't love their business anymore, and they could apply the Start From Zero thinking and framework and reboot their business and probably fall in love with it in about 30 days. Because, you know, they're already identified as an entrepreneur. They don't have to make an identity shift. They've already got a business with customers that they just don't like serving. So they apply Start From Zero thinking to their existing customers. They're already identified as an entrepreneur. In 30 days, they go really fast. Hmm. That's because things are already working, sort of. That's, that's basically the example. So those are like two markets that I look at with the book, helping people make the shift from identity and learning. So when people are asking you, you say, you know, you only work with people who've done their first three wholesale deals, right? You know, like I have requirements to work with me and you have to work with three to four or five wholesale deals. And you even say the reason for that is because there's so much education required into getting a deal work. And I'm specialized in helping experienced wholesalers get more lead flow. Yeah, cool. Okay. What other niches are there? Do you thinking about? I have like an urban farm guy that wants help, but I'm not really sure how lucrative that would be. Only one way to find out. Just try. Yeah. You want to acquire, someone told me this today from a successful company, their motto and their general ethos is to acquire wisdom. And they acquire wisdom through rapid failure. Mm. Very hard to gain wisdom without failure. You could, you could read a book and get away with it, but you know, you get a lot of wisdom. Like that job you had where you didn't have the self-respect, so you stayed. You thought you respected yourself, but you really didn't because you were staying, and then you got honest about it. Like that's a pretty epic, quote-unquote, lesson. Yeah. Yeah, that you're like, ain't going to walk down that road again, but you failed for that wisdom. Yes. So you want to rapidly fail. And the failures have to look that big. It's like you run an ad that doesn't work, you find out in 48 hours. This isn't like your identity fails and you go back to being an employee. It's like you run 10 ads, nine don't work, but you figured that out in a week. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. You might want to write this down and really reflect on it, but it's, I only have one chance to be successful. And you might find where that belief's presenting itself. I've only one chance for this ad to be successful. I've only one chance for this client to be successful. I only have one chance for my intimate relationship to be successful. No one else will love me. You know, I only have one chance to blank, blank, blank. That's so interesting because I don't really feel that way. Good. I understand. Like I, my body, I know that I can just keep doing it. Good. If you ever find yourself having to be right the first time, or if it doesn't work, just remember it just in case. Okay. So Urban Farmer, you'll try for. You're going to find wholesale. Yeah, he's not making a ton of money right now. So. That's a good first client. Is it? Okay. Yeah, because you don't have any experience. What's he make as an Urban Farmer? Okay, so he's kind of got a couple things. He builds gardens in people's houses, but do you know what a CSA is? Something like, I've heard of it. Community-supported agriculture. So it's like a farmer grows vegetables, and then weekly people in the neighborhood or whatever can go pick up their basket of vegetables. They pay to have these organically grown vegetables in season, you know, all kinds of good reasons. So in the past, he's realized the CSAs have brought him good money, but he has kind of let that fall off the wagon and he wants to get more people in the CSA. So that's what I'm imagining trying to help him with. Yeah, you don't need to knock it out of the park right away. I think he's a good client to practice with. If you don't make any money for him or you, you get experience. If you do, you get results. That's true. To share. 
And like, I would just work for him with trade, like have him give you some food and you'll do his ads. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I would like his food. <laughs> yeah, there you go. What else you got? I have a lot of friends that make jewelry or make products and they sell at markets, but you know, jumping to that next level is a little intimidating. I have a friend that grows herbs and makes them into oils and tinctures that she puts on your skin and whatever. She's ready to take it to the next level. But I'm honestly a little nervous that like, if I got her a bunch of people coming her way, would she be able to keep up with it? And is that my concern or not? I mean, it's my friend, so I do care. But should I try to use her as a... Yeah, I'd say it's only one way to find out there too. Yeah. You know, like you pause the ads if she can't do it. It's like if she can't handle the orders, you click pause on the ads. That's cool. Yeah. (laughs) Think about it that way. Yeah. Try and break her. Be like, so how many orders a day can you handle? She's like 15. Like, okay, 16 orders per day. We're going to figure it out. Yeah, just, just, just be like, all right, you asked for it. You asked to be wealthy and successful as a business owner. So I actually, I guess you can see you really don't want it, do you? You just want to make your products. You don't actually care about being big and successful. You might find it. We'll see. If you'd like to learn how to make money and you need a path to do it, visit startfromzero.com and you'll see a whole context of how you can actually get started. There's a three-phase process that you can go through. If you're a beginner, intermediate, or advanced, go there. It'll tell you exactly what to do, where to go, and how to get started. And you don't need money for some of the options. And if you do have money, you can buy some of the other options. It's all laid out for you with crystal clear clarity at startfromzero.com. Where do you go and what do you do? You'll find out there. You know, a lot of technicians that are gifted at a craft think they want to be more successful and they end up making a hundred bottles a day or something. And then you're like, well, you outsource the bottles. They're like, but that's really what I want to do. I want to make the thing. And then you're like, well, then keep going to your craft shows mm-hmm. or figure out if there's other ways to go. So the thing with selling jewelry or oils is it makes me nervous. I know it kind of makes me nervous too. I mean, the wholesale stuff, like I'm aware that those guys can make $20,000 on one deal. So that would be really easy to ask for money for my time, right? Whereas my friends that are selling smaller things. I honestly would stay away from them. And you could find out through firsthand experience if you should or not. Like, all right, so what we'll do is we're going to try and run ads. And we're going to spend $100 on ads. And we're going to see if we can sell any of your product. If we can, we'll continue. If we can't, we'll, we won't. And it'd be good experience, right? And you could say, what, so... Ask them what their most popular and profitable product is, and then just try to sell that. Don't try to sell anything else. There was one woman, she had a whole clothing line, all this fancy clothes that women could wear, and her biggest, most profitable seller was leggings. (laughs) I believe it. (laughs) Black leggings. She said she makes the most on them and sells the most. She loves to make her fancy clothes. It's like, well, you could just sell leggings and make a lot more money and work a lot less. (laughs) Nope. Okay. That's funny. I'm oversimplifying the dynamics. There may be a lot more things going on in that business. It's a good example of like, you work real hard on things and don't make a lot of money and you can work real little and make a lot because you don't get to decide what works. You know, that's a big lesson in my book that comes out soon is that we don't get to decide what works. Annie. So that's why I say there's only one way to find out. There's a guy that did a bunch of data and he found that it takes 250 attempts to find a billion dollar unicorn. Of businesses or? Mm -hmm. Products. That's if you know what you're doing. Like you have teams and you're successfully launching, you'll launch 250 to find your billion dollar unicorn. And he's like, and you can't guess, you really can't 
and you try to, you'll probably be wrong. You just don't know. One in 250. So what does that mean? Rapidly fail. And 100 of those 250 will succeed. Like four out of 10 succeed. One out of 250 are a billion dollar unicorn. Four out of 10 succeed. Four out of 10, like you're making millions. Like you're making a two to five X return out of four out of 10. But one in 250 make a 50 X return, right? You don't know. So how would you ever figure that out? You just keep trying. Yes. Yeah. So customer wants results, so you use mechanism. So what result do wholesalers want? They want leads to people who want to get out of the house that they own. But what would getting leads to a house that they want to own give them? They want more than leads. What's the real result they want? Conversion. (laughs) It's like a professional athlete. What result does he want more than anything else? He wants flexibility, strength, speed, but those are all like leads. What does a professional athlete really, really want? I have no idea. (laughs) Oh, come on. Think about it. Your professional athlete. I don't know. To win. Ah. (laughs) To win. Done. Professional athlete. What do you want more than anything? To compete and win. You could ask them. They might have something different, but it's a safe assumption. Yeah. Okay. Very simple, right? So the wholesalers don't really want leads. Like you could actually innovate if you get this. What result does a wholesaler want? It seems like just well, money. I don't know. Hey. Yeah. What they use the money for, which would be what they really want it for. Yes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Now you're leaning into really innovative territory and you'll be one of the only marketers, believe it or not, other marketers don't know this. You'll be like one of the only marketers that knows this is about their child's college tuition. Mm. You can charge more money when you get connected to deeper purposes like that. And they want to pay it. They're like, yeah. And then when they do pay it, they're more serious. You know what we found? If we get our price up to $3,000 minimum, people do what we tell them to do. If we're under $3,000, eh, maybe they don't. Maybe they don't log in. Maybe they, as soon as we get to $3,000, they are like, I had somebody look at one of our courses and they were like, oh, sorry, it's too much money for me. And I was like, okay, good, because I don't think you would have probably done it if, but it, the price set it up. You know, like the price is a very significant thing. Like, it does something. My buddy, I paid $1,000 to buy his course. Mm-hmm. He's a friend of mine, but I gave him a grant. I wanted to buy his course, support him, and I get a 10-minute call with him as part of the $1,000. I milk that 10-minute call every second I could. At the end, I said, I want to buy another call. How do I get one? He's like, I'll give you one for free. I missed it. Oh. I was late. He gave me another one. I was still late, but I came. And the best intention is like, dude, give me your PayPal. I need to pay you. He's like, no. It's like, okay. <laughs> and I missed it. If you paid $1,000 for a 10-minute phone call, Would you make it? Yeah. Okay. So wholesalers, what result do they want? Let's step it through. They get leads to do what with? To turn around and sell it to make more money. So how's the process work wholesaling? They buy a home that's almost foreclosed and flip it? Yeah. And they sell it to a wholesaler that's buying houses. So they're kind of like a middleman, at least the ones, the guys I know. And then they're selling it to a company that's actually going to go in and fix it up. I can see why this would attract a lot of newbies. The promise of easy money. All you got to do is find the. Oh, well, that's actually the most difficult part. So finding the deal, that's actually where most of the money is probably at, is like the person that has the biggest deal flow. Right. You know, so I mean, that's what Groupon was. They were a billion dollar company for a while because they controlled the deal flow. They didn't control fulfillment and they screwed their companies over. They charged exorbitant prices and they're no longer around because they were stupid. Mm -hmm. Well, they're no longer on the same capacity. Well, they tell you to do 50% off and then they take 50% of that. So you make 25% of what you usually make and then they pay wait like 30, 60 days to pay you. And I was like, and you're doing this why as a business owner and you won't give me $300 to get you your own customers? 
all right, you're insane. I'm not going to work with you. Goodbye. <laughs> People like wonders, like, why is it so like, there's all oh, business is risky. It's really hard. No, it's not. You do the basics right, you'll be successful. You do the basics right, you'll be head and shoulders above the irrational idiots that put a business on Groupon, take 25%, delay 30 or 60 days, and they won't use that same money to try and get their own customers. There's a guy down the street at a restaurant. He's always empty. I said, hey, would you like some help? A friend of mine does Facebook ads. He's like, no, no, thank you. I'm deeply saddened by this. So let's do real simple. So you want to figure out the results. So they want leads of homeowners that are going in foreclosure. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to get that signed to a deal and then turn around and flip it to somebody else mm-hmm. who then rehabs it and sells it. Yeah. So they want qualified leads to make money with to live a life of freedom, relaxation. Yeah, there's one guy I'm talking to that wants to end up taking his business model and franchising it. So like he's got a bigger goal, but I think ultimately it's probably because of his family and his kids. So good. So this is how you do your advertising. Customer wants a result, so you use a mechanism. So you make no mistake in that Facebook ad. If you want to attract wholesalers, You say, have you ever thought about wholesaling? You probably think you want really good leads, but I know what you really want. I know you want a great lifestyle, so I know you don't just want any lead. You want a lead that's going to make you the most money. That way you can work less and make a lot more and spend time with your family. Yeah. That's a phenomenal ad. That's talking about results. It's not leads. It's only part of it. So let's talk about the urban farmer. What result does he want? He wants to be able to pay his bills and stop working so hard as an old man. Oh, it's so good, Annie. (laughs) <laughs> is it yes don't get bogged down in mechanisms and half results and you stay clear on results like i don't understand how significant this is i've said this before i'll say it one more time so dave ramsey is like financial guru he's mm-hmm. got one of the biggest shows on itunes podcasts his big result that he sells is getting people debt free mm-hmm. and if you go to his website there's pictures of people being debt free Results very clear, debt free. And it's not so they can do other things. Like you could say it so they do other things. You want the result the person's really thinking about. So they might really think about, I need leads, I need leads, I need leads. Then that's what you stay with. But you know in the back of your mind it's more. So mm-hmm. Dave Ramsey's one of the biggest financial gurus in the world. And he's very clear, debt free, here's all my results. Other financial gurus aren't as big as him. You'll see, they don't have as much clarity of result. Mm-hmm. Then if they do, then you start looking to Dave's marketing and how he like sold his course to churches, which was an under competitive market, Mm. just like Facebook went to colleges, which was an under competitive market. And then they blew up like there's things that Dave did that was really genius. Right. So we get to marketing at a later time. But so customer wants results. You use mechanism. Your Facebook ad says this. You talk to their customers, the urban farmers. You're going to run those ads towards moms, probably Mm -hmm. who want organic food. Mm -hmm. Because time to cook it at home, moms probably. Yep. And they want organic food. Why? For their children's future health and future. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) This is hard to make the connection and you're doing it. She's like, no, no, it's really about the organic food, but no, it's really about these results. This will change your life. It really will. Listen for the result, right? Ads. You're working with a business here. You're working with a customer over here. You do the same thing and have some fun. Good job today. Thank you. Thank you for helping me. Yeah, my pleasure. So for years, people have been asking me, what's the big secret? How do I do this? And the answer is simple. My life took off when I had mentors. 
Too many people try to do this stuff alone and get stuck and give up. Listen, if you haven't succeeded in business or entrepreneurship yet, it's simple. You haven't failed enough yet. You haven't been around enough mentors yet. If you combine failure with mentorship, you will fly. I had someone say, why are so many people so more successful than me? How come I can't get this right? And I said, well, how many times have you failed? He's like, well, a lot of times. I'm like, have you failed more than 10 times? He said, no. I was like, you haven't failed enough yet. You haven't been around mentors enough yet. Failure is how you learn. Michael Jordan has missed so many game-winning shots. You've gotta get out there and fail. And how are you gonna do that if you're all by yourself, all alone, beating yourself up in your own thoughts? Listen, I'm gonna give you access to my board of advisors my board of advisors that I talk to sometimes every day, I'm gonna give you access to them every month live for you to ask questions and get your mindset on straight. They're gonna ask you questions that are hard for you to answer. Those are the kinds of people you want in your life. You're also gonna get access to not only the board of advisors, but my entire community, the start from zero community, all the entrepreneurs that are practicing these things building these businesses. You'll get access to this community and this board of advisors and much more with the new program we've launched called startfromzero.com forward slash starters. And you can see how you can get access to my board of advisors and ask them anything you want monthly. You'll get automated accountability to stay focused. You'll get a community of other people all building businesses with the start from zero methodology. And guess what? You get kicked out of this community if you do not take action. So it is serious people. So if you'd like access to that, information about that, go to startfromzero.com forward slash starters. And it's about time that we get together and strengthen each other and fail together and pick each other back up together and show each other each other's blind spots and ask the hard questions and drive each other to that golden finish line of a business that you don't have to work in, a business that provides freedom so you can sit around on a Tuesday and watch HBO if you want. All right, startfromzero.com forward slash starters.